Yes, all aboard the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. As the train is building up ahead of steam, picking up passengers along the way. It's your conductor, Anthony Smith, the host of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. So grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey unlike ever before. Buckle up, the show is about to begin. to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we do talk sports and we pick up passengers along the way. However, sometimes the passengers that we pick up isn't always sports-related. And this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And my guest I have on today really needs no introduction, as he has introduced himself already once before on my show, former basketball coach, and now is a keynote speaker Speaking on mental health issues, depression, as a matter of fact, he is a man that has overcome obstacles in his own life and is unashamed to share them. He's none other than, I like to say, my good friend and my brother, also in Christ Jesus, none other than Mark Potter. Coach? How you doing, man? It's uh, it's uh, awesome to have the opportunity to get a chance to speak to you again and to your audience, and uh, you know I look forward to it, um, you know having the opportunity to you know hopefully impact in some small way. You know what I mean? Well, as we get the message out, and who better to speak on this than you yourself? Because you were sharing last time how you had overcome some issues yourself, and one of the things is when you're going through this, you have to realize that you're not doing it alone and i think that's where a lot of people fail to realize that they get into that mindset that you know especially being a male figure just deal with it that's right but it's more than just dealing with it so i'm gonna yield the floor and let you have it well i appreciate it i I don't know how long you want me to talk on that whether we want uh are we going 30 minutes today or how long are we going yeah we're we're basically going to do two segments break break them down in 15 minutes so okay and you got your notes so i'm gonna let you actually lead the train (laughs) yeah well i appreciate i appreciate that you know i guess i'm used to that you know being a head coach for as many years as i was (laughs) (laughs) um but um you know you, you know you brought up the um, you know, just that stigma that is attached, you know, to mental health issues. And, you know, we, we talk to somebody almost daily, and I say we, my wife and I, um, as far as somebody might call or text or, um, you know, and just have some questions. And, and a lot of times my name is brought up because I have gone public, you know, with my own personal journey with severe depression, you know, at the, at the height of my coaching career. And, you know, I thought I'd share a, a story about kind of what you said and and how you related, you know, 
many many males, but also many females. I mean, it, it's it's um, it depends on where you come from and all of the things that go with that. But we're most of us are taught like, you know what? Let's not talk about mental health issues because that that's something we keep in close, you know, behind closed doors, and uh, we don't want anybody to you know think that you know we might have something going on with us and, and all of those things. And and I might say that I do not question people that are completely silent when it comes to that. Here's what I want to impact people with though is the fact that and you said this that people have to know they're not going through it alone right they have to know that there's many 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 other people that are struggling with different types of of issues you know mine was severe depression and anxiety and you know i still take medication to this day and it's been 16 years ago during the course of that basketball season that you know that i had to miss 28 practices in eight games and you know so I still address you know uh, what's what's happening with me and, and you know it's a, it's a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. and um, and what that means simply is um, you know and matter of fact when the doctors told me that it gave me you know some relief and and I thought well it's a chemical imbalance so you mean it's like you know you just address it like you do a broken arm or a heart attack or you know, any other normal, uh, I say normal, but I mean, many people struggle with physical ailments, but when we talk about the brain, they don't think that it's, uh, that's something that we can share with anybody else. And, you know, what we've been trying to talk about openly and honestly has been, listen, I want to give everybody permission to, to share your own story, to share a little bit with whoever it is that you need to share it with or want to share it with, because I can promise you, when you share a little bit of your own personal journey, it will impact somebody else. It Absolutely. will impact them in a positive way. You know, it's uh, you know since COVID hit and and you know all the you know they you know what what they're saying statistically anyway is that the 50, alcohol sales are up 54 percent from what they were prior to COVID. Uh, drug addiction is a lot higher. Suicide rate is much higher. Um, so mental health issues, therefore, is much, much higher. Right. And, and understandably, understandably so. Um, it's, you know, I think all of us in some form or another, and some more than others, have been affected by what's taking place with COVID-19. And I'm so, I feel so blessed today, and I hope, um, and, and I pray that as we continue to go forward that, you know, I'm sitting in my house today, but I, you know, I was out in the public today and I didn't have a mask on and, you know, I've been <laughs> vaccinated and, you know, I've had the vaccination, I should say. And, and, uh, you know, it feels good to have that peace to be out in the public again, speaking to people, uh, in a normal way, if you know what I mean. Right. And, um, so, so I just, uh, really appreciate your, your, uh, opening remarks there that, you know, talking about how you're not alone and, and when you do struggle, there's there's always somebody else out there that's struggling as well. Matter of fact, uh, there's many many people that struggle, as I said before. And I want to tell a little story um, about you know our opportunity. This is when I ask when I when I make the comment how important it is to share your own personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many people are uncomfortable with that, and I'm and and, and and I hope they understand. Whoever's listening to this, I hope they understand. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you being anybody being uncomfortable with sharing their own personal journey with it. But I also want to, I want to share with them and with you um, how important it really is. And what I want to share is a story about, uh, you know, actually, you know, Newman University. So I've, I've been, you know, my wife and I have been to 22 different states, 
So we've traveled the country. We've been oh, in wow. every, you know, every side of you know the country, every part of the country, I should say. And um, you know, we've we've talked mostly on mental health and my own personal journey, and and really, you know, given other people permission to understand it's okay to get help. And um, and we, so I, I was asked to speak um, at, at a university um, that is very near and dear to my heart. That's Newman University, right? And. Um, and, and when they asked me to speak, they said, Coach, we want, you know, we want you to come in. We want you to, you know, to tell your own personal journey just like you do everywhere else. And, um, you know, I had been at the time three years removed from, you know, being the head coach there. So there were certain there were some people in the audience that knew me, but but very few of the student athletes really knew me at that particular time. And so I gave the presentation. It's about an hour. Uh, my wife speaks for about 10 minutes. Um toward the end of the presentation and she speaks on the caretaker side of it right and what that looks like because many people listening uh, you know it's in your audience will be thinking man I, I'm, I'm trying to get my husband or my wife or my son or daughter help and I don't know how to do it I don't know what to do or how to go about it and that's where my wife comes into play but I tell you all of this for this reason when we finished the presentation that night um, I might get a little emotional here as I speak. I, you know, I don't, I, you know, when I speak about something I'm passionate about, it's just, it just comes out sometimes. That, that's fine. Just be um, real. <laughs> and, um, you know, but, but I spoke, you know, as I always do, no matter where I'm at, from the bottom of my heart and, and gave them, you know, everything that happened to me personally from a severe depression standpoint, everything that happened prior to it, you know, hitting me, everything that happened in the midst of it. And then, you know, what we've done since then, what I've done since then, and it's been 16 years since I've been in severe depression. That being said, we still address it. You know, I still address it with taking medication. Mm-hmm. And I say we, you know, my wife and I are in this thing together. So when I say we, I, I, right. I think it's really important that most family members all, all understand that if somebody's struggling with some type of mental health issue in their family, the whole family is affected. Right. That's why I always use the word we versus, you know, I. Um but I, I share all that with you for this reason. After, after the presentation was over, there was a handful of students, as almost always happens, comes and speaks to us. And, you know, wants to, you know, have to get some more information and that type of thing. And, and, and so it was, you know, an awesome thing for me to be able to speak to my own university. Well, the following week, I went to a men's basketball game and a women's basketball game, and I walked into the gymnasium, the, the same gymnasium I had been the head coach at for 19 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the trainers, one of the trainers flagged me down, the athletic trainers, and said, "Hey, coach, I want to talk to you real quick." I said, "Okay." And the trainer said, "Coach, I need you to know that um, that you saved one of our athletes' life last Wednesday night." And I, wow. I said, "What do you, What do you mean?" She said, well, one of our athletes um, had really, really been struggling. Matter of fact, uh, after you guys spoke, uh, she called her mom and dad, who was, who was out of state, and told them, listen, I'm really struggling. I just listened to Coach Potter you know, talk about his own personal journey. I'm really struggling, and I need some help. And so what ended up happening was the mom and dad contacted the training room. The trainers then put into a into action, a game plan for her to get the kind of help that she needed. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the athletic trainer told me this, what you don't know, coach, 
is that that athlete had their suicide planned on Saturday, which was three days after I spoke there. Wow. And had it all planned out because they felt alone. So I said a lot of things to get to that end of that story, but they felt alone. They didn't understand or realize that, listen, if I just reach out, there's many people that will help me. And, 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 you know, we'll, we'll walk the walk with, you know, we'll hold your hand throughout the process. And I tell everybody that I speak to that same exact thing is that, you know, we're willing to do whatever it is that we need to do to help you understand it's okay uh, to really attack that stigma that says you're not supposed to get help and attack the stigma that says, um, you know, we can't tell anybody else about it. I, I just think that I share that story with you because every, anybody listening to this, mm-hmm. they might say, well, that's Coach Potter. He's a well-known, you know, basketball coach, blah, 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 right? Right. And I say that about you, the blah, blah, blah about me, okay? I'm not really that well-known, <laughs> but I did do it for a long time, right? Right. But I, I tell you that for this reason. They may be thinking, well, that's him telling his story, and he's a good speaker, and all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. I always tell our audience that if you will share your own personal journey with your children, your spouse, your grandchildren, they will then understand that we all have struggles. Right. And I think that that's where we've missed it is that is that we as adults have said, you know, I can't show weakness to my children or to my grandchildren. And, and quite frankly, I don't see that as weakness anyway. I see that as great strength, being able to admit the fact that, you know what, I've had struggles in my life. Mm-hmm. And guess what? And, you know, I have a six-year-old granddaughter just sitting in the other room in there, and, and I don't know when that age is going to be, but it's going to be really soon that I'm going to sit her down and I'm going to speak to her openly and honestly about my own personal journey. And, and the reason I'm going to do that is for her to understand Listen, my poppy, which is what they call me, mm-hmm. my poppy went through some struggles. If I go through struggles, it's okay to reach out and get help. Absolutely. And it's that vulnerability that, you know, I hope to be able to share with the audience today and, and, and with you that, uh, you know, truly, truly makes the difference in whether we can, you know, not just save lives, but change lives. Change, help right. You know, come out of their silence and help them go get the kind of help that they need. So there you go, my man. Absolutely. Now, what I'm going to do, because we're getting close to that 15-minute mark, I'm going to take a break right here. And when we come back, I want to ask you some things, because now it looks as if the NFL is starting to step up and make their mark into mental health awareness, thanks to one guy, Dak Prescott. So when we come back, We're going to talk about that and anything else you want to talk about because the floor is yours. So stay tuned. A Transports Talk podcast will be right back after these messages. May is National Mental Health Awareness Month. National Alliance on Mental Illness. Each year, millions of Americans face the reality of living with a mental illness During May, NAMI joins the national movement to raise awareness about mental health. Each year, we fight stigma, provide support, educate the public, and advocate for policies that support people with mental illness and their families. You are not alone. For 2021's Mental Health Awareness Month, NAMI will continue to amplify the message of you are not alone. 
we will use this time to focus on the healing value of connecting in safe ways, prioritizing mental health, and acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay through NAMI's blog, personal stories, videos, digital toolkits, social media engagements, and national events. Together, we can realize our shared vision of a nation where anyone affected by mental illness can get the appropriate support and quality of care to live healthy, fulfilling lives. A nation where no one feels alone in their struggle. Help us spread the word through awareness, support, and advocacy activities. Share awareness information, images, and graphics for hashtag MHAM throughout May. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back once again to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, a special guest, keynote speaker, a husband, a father, a grandfather, and just a people person and a friend of mankind, Coach Mark Potter. And I, I'm stuck with saying coach because that's what I've known you as for such a long time, but it, it comes with time. Eventually, I'll say speaker Mark Potter. As, as we, uh, honestly, I'd rather you call me coach. You know, okay. people ask me that all the time, and and you know when you know when I grew up, when when you and I both grew up, there was a, a, a respect when you called somebody coach, right? You know, and um, you know I hope to continue that on a little bit. I hope I have that same respect as I continue on with you know whatever it is that I do. But you know, I was a head coach for thirty years, yeah, and. Uh, and so that's always a great thing to me when, and, and don't get me wrong that people don't call me coach. I'm, I'm good with that too, but it's always just a, it's like, man, I, I feel, you know, cause I never, you know, I never forget my old high school coach. Right. Just the respect that he had. And, you know, every coach that I've ever had that ever, I ever played for or any coach that I know, I always call them coach. Right, and and I learned that lesson too, and then we're going to get on back into this. But I was at Wilbur Junior High. It goes to tell you how old I am because now they call it middle school. And <laughs> there was a coach there by the name of Coach Nash. See, I can't even say his first name, and I know his first name. But yep. I was getting beside myself. As my dad used to say, I was getting a little bit too big for my britches. And I started calling coach by his first name. And he didn't really say nothing until Uh the cheerleaders came into the men's locker room and we saw a glimpse and we was hoorahing and coach lost his cool. He came in there, quieted us down. And then he called me out. He said, and Smith, he didn't call me by my first name. He said, Smith, you going to get in trouble about calling me out by my first name. And he said, <laughs> next class, we're having cake and ice cream. Now, I'm trying to figure out what cake and ice cream was. The next class came, we had our regular activities. But a couple of days later in gym class, it was boot camp. I never called wow. him by his first name no more. Every time I seen him, and if I see him today, hey, coach, how you doing? <laughs> Respect. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
you know, I, I think, and I have a lot of respect for that. And, and, uh, you know, so anyway, that's a whole nother story, right. but, you know, prior to the break there, you, uh, you mentioned Dak Prescott, Dak and, Prescott. And, and, uh, you know, like we were talking about whether we'd talked much about that the, the time before when I came on your show and on your podcast. Yeah. And, um, and I, I don't, I, I, even if we did, I want to, I want to talk about it again. Right. Because of the significance that Dak Prescott, what he means to not just the NFL, but what he means to um, all of America yeah. in regards to severe depression and anxiety and the struggles that go along with that. Because when we see Dak Prescott, you know what we think of. We, we're, we're all guilty of this. We think, man, starting quarterback, NFL, he's got all kinds of money. He mm-hmm. doesn't have any problems. And if he did, why would he have any problems? Right. We're all guilty of probably saying that at some point. And, and I, I think it's really important to point out, and, you know, I hope this comes across okay, but it's important to point out that when there are fans out there that, that get after, you know, the, the, especially the NFL players, Mm-hmm. Um, because you know they're huge fans, and they go on social media and they talk negative about uh, certain players here and there. Well, all of those players have to, you know, have to go through that at the highest level. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're Dak Prescott and you're the and you're the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, now you can multiply that times probably ten from other normal NFL teams because he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. They're right. America's team, so to speak, right? Right. Um, it, back in the day, obviously, they had the Cowboys on all the time. Well, well, I tell you this, for, I, 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 got a, uh, I got a message from one of my best friends when, uh, when that all went down with Dak Prescott and Skip Bayless. And, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm bringing up Skip Bayless, most people know he you know, has a show on ESPN and he gives his own opinion on certain things and, and I've been a long time since so I've been that fired up. But Skip Bayless, on his show, said after Dak Prescott had come, had gone public and and talked openly and honestly about his own struggles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he had come out and he had talked about it openly and honestly. And Skip Bayless goes on his show and he basically annihilated Dak. Yeah. And. And I was fired up at another level because I'm just like, you have no understanding. He said this. He said, you know, I don't think a, a quarterback of an NFL team, a guy that is leading a team, yep. should be showing the type of weakness um, that Dak Prescott showed. That was what his comment basically was, right. not quoting him exactly. And, and here's what I want to say about Dak Prescott and what he did is that he now has more respect from his team, from those guys that are playing underneath him and for him and with him and his coaches. He has more respect from them than he has ever had this entire life. Right. Because he went public mm-hmm. and because he talked openly and honestly about his own struggles after having a brother that died by suicide back in, in April um, and struggling, you know, Dak struggling obviously after that and then COVID, all that stuff hits. I mean, you multiply all that. Yeah. And any of us could have gone through severe depression. And and I think that, you know, that uh, that false, that, that lie about the, the lie that all of us believe, or at some point all of us have believed, 
well, you know, NFL players, they shouldn't have to struggle. They don't struggle like that. Well, I have so much respect for Dak Prescott. I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan, by the way. I never have been. I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Okay. Um, but I love <laughs> Dak Prescott. He became my favorite player. Absolutely. After he came out and he talked openly and honestly about his own struggles because I knew at that point in time he's going to change the world. He is going to change the trajectory of how people are thinking about mental health issues. And, um, man, he just uh, he's my MVP. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing you said about Dak was you said he has gained respect of basically the Dallas Cowboys organization, but it has even gone beyond that. There were players that Way he played that. against that said, thank you for opening up. Now I can share my – so it's like – he was the one that got the ball rolling. Now the NFL has jumped on board to bring awareness to mental health issues. Now, one question I do want to ask you when we're dealing with mental health issues, there seems to be a division because it seems like people want to separate depression from mental health when in reality you can't do that. It's all one in the same, and there's different levels of depression just like there's That's different right. mental health issues. So can you break that down so that the listening public will know what it is? Yeah. Be- and, and I'm not maybe a hundred percent exactly what you're asking there in regard. What I think you're saying is that when people will not openly sometimes admit the fact that, um, that a mental health issue is the same as depression. Is that what you're saying? Well, it seemed like people would like want to separate the two, like, depression is in a category by itself and then there's mental health issues when depression is actually part of the mental health issue so yeah i got you now yeah well i mean you said it best and and um you know the only way i can break it down is that um you know there are you know who knows how many uh different types of um mental health issues that you could put underneath mental health issues right or mental health um, problems, whatever you want to say, or just, you know, mental health awareness issues, whatever you want to say, it's depression, it's anxiety, it's bipolar, it's, it's, um, you, you can go down a long list of any type of mental health issue that goes underneath that. And, and depression, and I think really what you're referring to is that huge stigma that is attached to, uh, attached to depression. And, mm-hmm. Not that it's not attached to other mental health issues, because it is. And that's really what we're trying to attack is, um, you know, one of the things that we always talk about, um, you know, I, I do openly and honestly talk about, I had in, in my own personal journey, I had suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not an easy thing for me to tell people. Well, um, the reason I share that with everybody is that, you know, nobody would think Coach Potter or Dr. Prescott, or or you, or my wife, or whoever, they wouldn't think they would have like actual, especially a people person, somebody that loves people, that enjoys speaking to anybody and everybody. You see those people as having it all going on for them, mm-hmm. whereas most of the time what's going on on the outside isn't always exactly what's going on on the inside. Right. And, um, and so, um, you know, I, I just think it's important for, the, uh, your audience to understand that mental health is a whole gamut of things and it's not negative um, in regards to 
if you're struggling your, yourself, if you're struggling personally with it, I should say, it's not a negative. What is a negative is that we believe the stigma. That's right. the negative part. And then therefore we suffer in silence and we don't reach out to get help from anybody. Right. And that's when people, you can, you can, you know, people will self-medicate more. Uh, people will isolate themselves more. Um, there's all different kinds of ways people react, but, um, you know, many, 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 you know, we, we talk about depression kills, right? Mm -hmm. Depression, we know if we continue to allow it to, you know, to fester, so to speak, um, it, it could potentially get us. Right. And it, it is a life and death thing. And so that's why I'm so adamant about speaking openly and honest about it. And that's why I'm so adamant about what Dak Prescott did. So when you brought him up, I was just like, all right, man, more power to you. <laughs> right. So, so at best, it's best to say that, you know, in everything you just described, and I've seen this terminology on a company, in the company newsletter, a lot of people have what's called smiling depression. In other words, they're smiling on the outside, but they're really smiling to hide what's on the inside because they haven't found that release. And the one thing I found out in dealing with people, not that I'm no psychiatrist or no doctor or anything, sometimes the best thing you could do for a person to find out when they're going through something is they don't need you to talk. They just need someone that they know will listen because That's that right. might help them out as well, too. You're a wise man. <laughs> you are a wise man. And I tell you, I tell you to add to that, um, you know, there are, there are many small signs and, and symptoms that if we pay attention to them, um, you know, we might realize or recognize, you know what, there's something else going on. And, and at the right time, I always tell people this, don't be afraid to ask somebody if, if they are struggling and if it, if, if you can help them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there's a fear, there's a fear behind like, well, I don't want to meddle in somebody's business. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, you know, I don't want them thinking I'm trying to, you know, I tell people it's life and death. And it honestly is. And we don't know uh, whose depression might end up creating, you know, the suicidal thoughts and therefore somebody leading to suicide. And, um, you know, so that's why I talk openly and honestly about it. That's it's why, you know, you and I just said it like it was. Right. It's, you know, people struggle and, and it's normal for people to struggle. And so uh, I'll say it one more time. You know, it's it's absolutely normal to struggle with a mental health issue. Absolutely. But what we want to really emphasize is that what's not good or not normal, however you want to say it, is not doing something about it. Right. That's where you really want to make sure everybody hears Listen, you don't have to feel that way. Um, there, you know, and and I honestly, with my own personal journey, I didn't know that. I just thought my anxiety level—that's just the way it was. Uh, I didn't have any idea they, you know, address that. I didn't have any idea we could, you know, once you come out of depression, you, there's different things you can work on in regards to mental toughness. Mm -hmm. um, if all the things that can help your brain and help you think the correct way, and most importantly, give you some peace. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I got it right. We're coming up on that time again, and it seems like there's never enough time. So here's what I'm going. <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. 
anytime you feel like you want to come on and you have something you want to address, all you have to do is just let me know. And you have that you spot. It, you pick. You can pick the time and the date, and we will make it happen. If it's three o'clock in the morning, which I doubt if that will happen, but if it's three o'clock in the morning, as long as Never on, know. as long as it's on the weekend, <laughs> we can do it. So once again, I want to thank my guest Mark Potter for appearing as a passenger on the A Train Sports Talk podcast as we talk about mental health issues. For this is. National Mental Health Month. So once again, Coach Parter, I want to say thank you for joining the show. Thank you so much, and and keep doing what you're doing uh, because you're impacting people through what you're doing. So so thank you so much for what you do. Absolutely, Coach. May is National Mental Health Awareness Month. National Alliance on Mental Illness. Each year, millions of Americans face the reality of living with a mental illness. During May, NAMI joins the national movement to raise awareness about mental health. Each year, we fight stigma, provide support, educate the public, and advocate for policies that support people with mental illness and their families. You are not alone. For 2021's Mental Health Awareness Month, NAMI will continue to amplify the message of you are not alone. We will use this time to focus on the healing value of connecting in safe ways, prioritizing mental health, and acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay through NAMI's blog, personal stories, videos, digital toolkits, social media engagements, and national events. Together, we can realize our shared vision of a nation where anyone affected by mental illness can get the appropriate support and quality of care to live healthy, fulfilling lives. A nation where no one feels alone in their struggle. Help us spread the word through awareness, support, and advocacy activities. Share awareness information, images, and graphics for hashtag MHAM throughout May. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.kakeybums.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. 
Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Once again, special shout out to my first guest, which was the Honorable Coach Mark Potter. Yes, he, he is deserving of that applause. He is very deserving. Coached for over 30 years at multiple levels and was a winner at all levels. And even though he's not coaching on the hardwood, he is coaching in life as he is speaking out against mental health and depression. You know, those issues that we like to sweep under the rug. And that's why I come when you look at people like Dak Prescott, who openly shared his bout with depression, even though Skip Bayless blasted them on it, Dak actually had more support. And Skip Bayless basically had a lot of backlash from how he came at Dak. So once again, very special thanks to my good friend, Coach Mark Potter, for coming on and using this platform to speak on those and open up his own self as well, too. Now we welcome in my host, my co-host, my partner in sports crime, Way out on the East Coast, my man Smokey. Smokey, welcome aboard the A train. Thank you. Thanks for having me once again. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you, man. We've we've been kind of missing in action here, but you know, this first time I done the back to back and Lord knows how long. And there has been a lot that has taken place. You know, while we were off the air, you was talking about Julio Jones because rumors have ran rampant. I heard about it from one of my coworkers. And Julio Dallas, let's just say it, not gonna happen. Safe bet to say it's not gonna happen. Would you agree? Uh, I 100% agree because he said it himself earlier today on uh, Undisputed uh, with uh, Skip and Shannon. Uh, Uncle Shay called uh, Julio, and uh, he asked him straight up, Julio, do you want to be a Dallas Cowboy? And Julio said no. But it, it was a good tease, though. I mean, it said he was spotted wearing a Dallas Cowboy jacket or a hoodie of some sorts. So you can understand why people would be in a frenzy, but I guess my question would be is, why would you do that anyway and bring that kind of attention to yourself? Right. Or is that your way of saying, hey, I'm supporting my guy that's in Dallas that used to be in Atlanta. Is that what that is? Is that a show of support? <laughs> mm, no, I think Julio is doing the right thing. He knows if he wore a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt to get a spot in Dallas, that's going to create, he's going to bring his 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 demand to the forefront in the media. So now what he did was say, hey, Uncle Shay, call me and I'm going to let them know that I want to be traded. You know? So basically, so, yeah. So at best, this is kind of stealing some of the luster from the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes now, huh? Mm-hmm. So let's play devil's advocate. Where can we possibly 
see Julio Jones going? Um, I mean, realistically, I, I think that the Indianapolis coach should be able to should be making making a move for him. That's one of the names uh, I'm hearing. Yeah, so if I'm the coach, you just got Carson Wentz. You want to, you know, make him a reclamation project or whatever, build him a solid team around him, get a Julio Jones. You got a good offensive line. You got a good running back. You got uh, two, you know, T.Y. Hilton's getting older. Uh, you got Michael Pittman out there. Then you can add Julio Jones to the mix, and you can have, a, you know, an elite offense. Uh, let's see, Baltimore. I mean, it makes sense to Baltimore as well. Uh, they're lacking a top playmaker that can take up, you know, take a top off the defense. Uh, that's that's a big body receiver. Uh, they got Hollywood Brown out there, but he's small, compact, kind of shifty, but he's not really, you know, that big receiver that they that they need with Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm also- Miami Dolphins. If Miami Dolphins want to get greedy, they can go get Julio, or even the Patriots as well. Now, you mentioned Miami, and basically you would be giving Tua Tugaviola, I think I said that right, you would be giving him additional weapons because they picked up the receiver out of, out of Alabama, one of the receivers. Which one was it? Uh, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Then if you add a Julio Jones to the mix, you're basically saying to Tua, all right, we got the tools that you need. Now, what can you do? And then, not to not to mention, they already have Devontae Parker. But now, team as, mm-hmm. a, as a receiver, um, and they got a good they got they got a good uh, tight end, Mike Jacecki. So, hey, if I'm Miami and you want to go all in, go get Julio. Right. Uh, but no. I, I think it's going to cost them like a first rounder, though. So I don't know if they're going to do well in the part with the first rounder. Right. For a 32-year-old wide receiver. Now, now, here's another scenario, too. I'm hearing another team name, San Francisco 49ers. That's possible. Um, that would be nice, actually. That would be, really, be really scary. Now, Now, the question is, who would he be catching passes from? Would it be Jimmy G or would it be Trey Lance? Now, granted, last year's 49ers edition, they were racked and riddled with injury, including Jimmy G. But we also seen what Jimmy G can do when he's healthy and stand upright and got protection. You can't take away the fact he led them to a Super Bowl. Granted, there were other components and factors that got them to a Super Bowl, but he was one of the main reasons. And everybody still want to lambast him because of that one pass. And like we said off air, what quarterback, great or least least great, hasn't made a questionable throw? Tom Brady himself, he made some questionable throws. I mean, think about his Super Bowl record. He made some questionable throws against the New York Giants, not once, but twice. If you look throughout the history, 
Terry Bradshaw, I'm pretty sure he's not batting a thousand. Roger Starback, he's not batting a thousand. So why is everybody jumping on Jimmy G because of that one pass in the Super Bowl? But that is a good question. Who is he going to be catching passes from? Will it be Jimmy Garoppolo, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, or will it be a Trey Lance? It's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Because you know all the t- – uh, Yeah, the 49ers will do a disservice to themselves and the Trey Lance to start him this year. It'll be Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, you, you know – right. Because, you know, one of the things that's being talked about, you do not draft a player that high to sit him on the bench. And all it takes is for Jimmy G and that offense, let's say they get a Julio Jones to just start sputtering. And you're going to hear the cat calls. And then you're going to hear, we want Trey Lance we won't trade Lance. So is Jimmy G in a predicament where you either perform or is bust? I think Jimmy G knows that um, after this season, his time is up in San Francisco. So but, he's got to put on, you know, and go out there and show teams that what he has. So if this is his last year in San Francisco, the next question is then, where does he go? He's not going to New England. And speaking of New England, I heard their name mentioned in the Julio Jones sweepstake. And I think it's also been said that Julio Jones wouldn't mind playing with Cam Newton. And I'm pretty sure if Bill if Bill Belichick is caught wind of that, I'm pretty sure he's probably doing his due diligence and trying to figure out if that's the case, what can we do to get a Julio Jones? And that would do wonders for Cam Newton's aging career. I'm not going to say failing because they didn't put much around him last year, so he pretty much had he couldn't he didn't have nobody to throw to, so he pretty much had to be the running attack as well too. But what would that do for his career at this point if you add a Julio Jones to the mix? But it's going to take more than Julio and Cam. They're going to need some more, right? Um, I mean, New England already got – New England offensive line. Offensive line is going to be a top a top unit. Uh, they have the two tight ends and um, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. They just picked up this, this uh, offseason – so you know how you know Bill Belichick loves his tight ends, you know Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. So he has two playmaking tight ends at his disposal. And if you add a Julio Jones to that mix, it's always necessary to expand his arsenal and just make Cam more lethal. Um, I think Cam just needs to uh, to show people that he can just still throw from the pocket and not run. He's getting older, you know, his body's going to get a little bit brittle, you know, more brittle and stuff. So He's going to have to be able to execute from the pocket to be successful uh, in, uh, in the Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel system out there. Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
So it basically remains to be seen. So is this a situation where as Julio has put himself out there, does he call the shot where he goes? Or would this be like maybe some type of multi-team trade type of situation? I mean, what just what is the deal? Because as of right now, he's still basically under contract to the Atlanta Falcons. Translation, he's not a free agent. Right. And I'm pretty so sure right now. So right now, Julio Jones is due like $18 million guaranteed this year. And currently, right now, the Atlanta Falcons have no like money to sign their draft picks. Uh, so if you can free up $18 million in cap space by signing, by trading somebody, I think you're going to do it, especially if the wide receiver doesn't want to be there. And I don't know if he's going to be able to dictate where he goes, because this is not the NBA. Uh, but the fact that he said he wanted to be traded, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to trade. They're going to, they're going to trade him. Um, so he will be on a different team just as long as, you know, just about about who it is going to be. All right. Now, I don't know if you have caught wind of this story, but I'm looking at it and it was on my last podcast and I'm pretty sure you might've had a chance to listen to it. If you haven't, we can do this one on the fly, but right now the NFL is reviewing alleged comments made to Eugene Chung in interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right now, as this story goes, and we'll dive into this, the NFL is looking into alleged discriminatory comments made by a team official to former Philadelphia Eagles assistant offensive line coach Eugene Chung during a recent job interview. Now, when I brought the story up, the one thing Eugene Chung didn't do, he didn't name a team and he didn't name a person. He said he didn't want to, basically what he was saying was he didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. But things like this, we need to know who the team was, who the person was, because Something like that need to be met with ramifications, consequences, and repercussions. So I guess the million-dollar question is, why wouldn't he name the team? Now, now maybe he was saying that to deflect the situation so it was not out there in the media. You know, per se, uh, and then maybe you want to keep it indoors and ramps into the NFL circle. I can only because at that point, why mention anything if you're not going to come and tell us who did it or what? Like, you know, what were the circumstances surrounding it? Because I was pointless. You just kept that to yourself. Uh, you know, so I think maybe that was just the comment made to the media, and he's just working it in the background with the NFL. Right. That's just, that's just me. What do you think? Because it'd be pointless. Like why say right. anything about it if you're not going to, you know, tell who, you know, who and, was responsible. And I, and I can only speculate, but why is it that this story is basically according to the Boston globe? Why is the Boston globe even in on this? Because only thing close to Boston is the New England Patriots, New England and we Patriots. know, and we know they aren't looking for a head coach. 
at least not no time soon that I know of. I, matter of fact, my theory is Belichick could probably coach till he die. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe we can look at the, the teams that hire new coaches this offseason if he's their own band. But we may never know who the team is unless he says it. One thing we know, it wasn't the Washington football team because we know the ethnic background of their coach. So we know it couldn't have been them that would have made a statement like that. Right. But it goes like this. Chung, who is Asian-American, said last week that when interviewing recently with an NFL team, he was told he was not the right minority. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing because that's just so injured. Like what? I I think I did a good job holding my laughter for 24 hours. Now I have to laugh right along with you because I'm still dumbfounded as to and, and you and you never heard me go like this, but what in the hell is not the right minority? Right. Is this their way of saying he's not the right Latin American or African American. I mean, what is considered the right minority in the well? I guess officially now he would be considered the wrong minority. I don't know. That had to been that had to been somebody who you and, know and, and then January six or something. And, and then it didn't just stop there. It was said to me, well, you're really not a minority. Chung said, according to the Boston Globe, he said, I was like, wait a minute. The last time I checked, when I looked in the mirror and brushed my teeth, I was a minority. Now, he's Asian American and Nowadays, walking in any major metropolis city in the United States, you pretty much see just as many Asian Americans as you do Caucasian Americans nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, I guess there is some merit saying that he really isn't a minority if you look at it from that standpoint. Uh, but I yeah. guess... But I guess under the shield of the NFL, then I guess I I don't know. I, I don't know. Because in, in one instance, he's not the right minority. And then in the next sentence, well, you're really not a minority. So how do you spin that? There's no spinning it. <laughs> uh, just say that he wasn't the right fit. Like he doesn't fit what he's trying to do. Um, but that white, that white minority is kind of like, what are they trying to say? Like this ain't a rule and rule situation. Like you're not black, so we don't need to hire, we don't need to interview you. Like is that what that? I wonder if that's where that just came from. I like, I don't know, from. but but you know what though? If if that is actually the case, as a man of color, I wouldn't see that as a compliment either. If it yeah. is. I would see it as a, I would see it as a backhanded compliment, and we and we might now be getting on the edge of borderline controversy now. But hey, I said I wanted my podcast to be different, 
And this story right here will make a podcast different in a minute because I'm not hearing too many people talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a wild one. You're not the right minority. So what has happened now, the Fritz Pollard Alliance called on the NFL on Monday to review the alleged comments made to Chung, who did not, and we got to emphasize this, who did not identify the team that conducted the interview. Alleged comments made to Eugene Chung by an NFL team during a recent interview should be investigated by the NFL. The organization said in a statement obtained by NFL Network's Tom Pellicero, if the comments regarding his status as a Korean-American are true, it is further evidence that despite good faith changes to diversity-related policies, the NFL's actual hiring practices are still riddled with discrimination. Wow. Well, look, we know the NFL is a good boys club, man. You got a bunch of these, you know, billionaires. Um you know, they got different circles and run with different people. So the, the circles are going to remain tight. Uh, there's not really that much turnover in the NFL, if you want to be honest, in terms of ownership. So mm-hmm. the teams that you have, the, the current teams that you see now, you know, they, they probably had the same owner since the inception of the team in the NFL. So, yeah. So, they, yeah, I don't even... I don't even know, and I'm, I don't want to do a segue, but you say, you know, you talked about Tim Tebow earlier. You don't want to talk about him, but that's just that's just another example of how it's just a good boys club. Absolutely. This man has no business. This man has no business being on the NFL football field. He's 35 years old, and he's last played, I think, nine, ten years ago. Like, what are you doing? And you're switching positions. A and position yeah. that you should have been at in the first place when you came into the league. And, Correct. And, you know – Oftentimes, I don't too much agree with Colin Cowherd, and sometimes we refer to him as Colin Cowturd. And I probably better be careful because who knows, one of these days, one of these podcasts may go viral just off of a statement like that. But he said something that made a lot of sense to me. If a pitcher in baseball is pitching a no-hitter and he pitches for four and two-thirds any, guess what? He doesn't get credit for the win because he didn't pitch five innings. But Tebow can get credit for a victory in an NFL game and only complete two passes. So I I, I had to to play devil's advocate. So if he catches two passes, what does he get credit for then? I guess that's part of getting his pension now from the NFL, huh? Which now leads to this. How long do you think Urban Meyer will last in Jacksonville? Well, before we get there, because now that we brought Tebow up, I think the reason Urban Meyer brought Tebow in, because the only thing that Tebow is good for right now is jersey sales and being a gimmick. And as Colin Cowher said, if Tim Tebow wants to be a gimmick the rest of his life, then so be it. But if you've seen jersey sales, and I don't even know how he even has a jersey yet, unless they've still given a number 15 or whatever his number was. Did you know? Did you know that right now, 
Tim Tebow's jersey is the hottest selling jersey. It's selling now more than a Tom Brady jersey, Patrick Mahomes. If you check the record, he has the hottest selling jersey, and he hasn't even caught a pass as a tight end. And it's probably even guaranteed he'll make the final cut. Um, I don't really want to comment on Tim Tebow no more. That dude was just, that's just another example of privilege as well. And 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 just the whole general American society. That's that's just not right. And me personally, I have nothing against Tebow, the person. But once again, referring to Colin Cowherd, he said something that made a lot of sense too. People really don't care about Tebow's, you know, religious platform. It's just the fact that he's a bad football player. And then he threw this out. He said, you look at Russell Wilson, and he's a very devout Christian. He's in Seattle. He said, in Seattle, that place alone is 10% atheist. You know, they're agnostic. But even with his religious background, he's beloved in Seattle. Why? Because he's a good football player. San Francisco, back in the Steve Young days, we know Steve Young was a very devout Christian or a devout Mormon. I think he's like the great grandson of the great Brigham Young, BYU as we know. San Francisco is one of those like Seattle, not not an overly religious place, you know, agnostic. But at the same time, Steve Young was well-beloved. Why? Because he was a good football player. So there's the difference. Regardless of their religious preference, they were good football players and they were beloved by their fan bases. Tim Tebow is not a good football player. Matter of fact, they even said when he played baseball, <laughs> management even said at best it was just a gimmick. But enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> We're going to close on this note because time is getting away. What did you think about the basketball hall of fame? Do you think uh, they marketed yeah. right? Seem like, I mean, we knew who was going in, but seemed like they just didn't marketed as well and there was a lot of other things going on I mean they should have their own platform and not have to compete yeah, against mean, games yeah I just think that it was um, you know I think COVID still played a role in it a little bit they don't really want to you know create a whole spectacle and like you said especially when games still are going on I don't know why they didn't wait until the summer to do it like after the finals, that would have been more, you know, feasible, you know, in my opinion. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't work for the NBA, so I don't make those decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this segment is almost over now. Do you want to come back for another segment, or since the hour is getting late, do you want to call it a night and we'll do this again for sure? 
Lawrence Willing this weekend? I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I'm I'm good. Okay, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come back for another segment. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. The train is building up steam and picking up passengers. So fasten your seatbelt. Enjoy the ride. We'll be back after these messages. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options. 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back to the final segment of A Transports Talk Podcast, and I am holding Smokey hostage. It's past his bedtime. He's on the East Coast, so he was an hour ahead of me. So it is 11.06 there. It's 10.06 where I'm at, and I still got to get to bed. I got to get him hit the gym in the morning, go to work, and leave work and go do a funeral service. But all the talk about privileges and good boy systems, there is one person that is enjoying some privileges of his own, and he does not fit the status quo. Who is that? That would be one of LeBron James. So the NBA explains decision to not penalize LeBron James for violating league's health and safety protocol. Los Angeles Lakers star forward LeBron James violated the NBA's health and safety protocols but was not suspended for doing so ahead of his first round series against the Phoenix Suns. James attended a promotional event earlier in the week for Lobos 1707, a tequila brand that he backs per ESPN's David McNamee. This event took place before the Lakers played against Golden State Warriors in the play-in tournament. The league and the Lakers were made aware of the situation, but James has not been suspended since the event didn't rise to a threat level of virus spread. Are you buying or selling that? I'm, uh, I'm selling it. 
the NBA is just a bunch of punks. So is this a situation then where when it's all said and done, one player actually is bigger than the league itself? I just think that the NBA doesn't want to the NBA doesn't want to touch um touch that uh touch that that pot, you know, touch the stove when it's hot. Because LeBron has already, you know, had his issues with the NBA in regards to the playing and how the bubble works. You know, so, you know, he's the superstar. He's the face of the league. So you can't suspend him, but he should have. But you can't. And, you know, when you think about it, since you mentioned the bubble, do you recall last year when they had the ruckus in Wisconsin and the Milwaukee Bucks was going to play and they decided, you know, what, we're not going to even take the court. You notice how upset LeBron got because he said, didn't nobody confer with him? Do you see a situation where now this new crop of players are like, you know what? LeBron, we're sick of you. We can make our own decisions. You don't make up our mind for us. We do have something between this left ear and this right ear that's called a brain. We can also think for ourselves. Think about this. They had an all-star game this past season as well. LeBron was belly aching about that. But his buddy, who's also, I believe, the president of the NBA Player Association, we're talking about one CP3, Chris Paul. His thing was, we're going to play this all-star game because we want some of the proceeds to go to help fund HBCU schools, which was a good cause. And there were some other calls that it went towards as well, too. But for a moment, there was a rift between LeBron and CP3. I'm pretty sure they made up since then. But could it be that the league eventually will be divided amongst the NBA Players Association? Because you have a new crop of players that's saying we can do our own thinking. We can make our own decisions. Everything does not have to go through LeBron. Yes, you may be the face of the league, but at the end of the day, we can make our own decisions. What do you think about that? I think that's exactly what's going on. Um, one thing I noticed about today's generation is they're going to speak up you know, no matter what, no matter who it is. And I think that's what exactly is going on, man. LeBron is getting old, so LeBron is not going to be around for that long, and they need to have another face of the league. And those who are outspoken and those who um, don't really shy away from from the from LeBron is what you know the league would really need and really would uh, benefit from. Uh, so I welcome it, to be honest. Absolutely. Now. Back to this story, though. Here's what the league was doing. It says, to clarify any remaining misconception, LeBron James briefly attended an outdoor event last week where participants were required to be vaccinated or return a negative test result. Under these circumstances, (laughs) I want to laugh at this because, okay. Under these circumstances and in consultation with medical experts, it was determined that his attendance did not create risk-related to the spread of COVID-19, and therefore, no quarantine was necessary. 
And also let it be known that it has been said that they don't know if LeBron has been vaccinated or not. That hasn't been made known publicly yet. But doesn't that sound like, I'm not going to even say it's the league. Doesn't that sound like Adam Silver has not grown a set yet? And basically, That's crazy. As, as, as the old saying goes, the inmates are running the asylum. We didn't like David Stern, but at least David Stern would stand up. I mean, think about it. David Stern stopped some trades from taking place. I don't think you've seen all these super teams up under David Stern's watch. But now, who would have thought we would see the New Jersey Nets and their big three being a favorite to win the NBA title? Last I checked during the David Stern administration, the Nets weren't even an afterthought, let alone a thought. But now they got a super team. You have the Lakers and with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Do you think that would have happened under David Stern's watch? A lot of people didn't like David Stern. But at the end of the day, David Stern stopped a lot of stuff from going on that we're seeing today. Yeah, and it was good for the league. I was talking to somebody earlier today, like the balance of power in the NBA is is too lopsided. Like you like it's no fun going to the NBA season because you already know who are gonna be the top teams. You know what I'm saying? You have an inkling who's gonna be the top four team and you're gonna compete for the championship. Back when David Cern, you know, was in the league, like you would probably would not know that you'll probably go and not have a team have a chance. Like, you know, your team is gonna be good, uh, but you know, you're not gonna know, you know, who's gonna make it to the finals. Like say for instance my Mavericks, I know they're gonna win fifty wins when David Stern was with the you know the commissioner. But are they gonna make it to the Western Conference Finals? Are they gonna go to the NBA Finals? Who knows? But they're gonna win fifty games, they're gonna be a good team. So now it's like, oh, we're gonna win forty five games, forty eight games, we're gonna be a five seed and we're gonna hopefully the fight for maybe even just to make it to the Western Semis or something. So it is what it is, but Adam Silver did some good things for the for the NBA, but yeah, he's a weak he's a weak one compared to David Stern. Well, Smokey, we're coming up on that ten minute mark, and we know we both have obligations in the morning. But it was good to catch back up with you. Glad to hash some things out. I think this podcast session, with especially with the coach, I think it was a good one. Because what I'm looking at doing is I will have other guests on outside of sports, which means my podcast will probably have a little bit more diversity to it. Uh, there's a young lady I know, and I've already reached out to her. She has a magnificent story. I mean, I can't even begin to tell it. But I remember when she started her business, it was a cleaning business. And now she's in gotten the modeling. And I believe she has a line of clothing coming out. I mean, I'm not going to even give y'all some of her story. That's all I'm telling. But when I bring her on, y'all will love it. I'm still going to be a sports-based podcast, but I will have other guests on outside of sports, which is going to make this 
train really catch some steam and will be coming to a city near you. But Smoking Man, I appreciate you coming on with me. We're going to do this again soon and very soon before we go see the king. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'll take it easy. All right. So until next time, this train is signing off. You're listening to Anthony and Smokey on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. We'll catch y'all at a later time and date. Peace.